Welcome to the Share Hope Global Podcast with DJ and Denise Bagwell. This is DJ, and I'm excited to share a great podcast with you guys today. I interviewed my great friend, Kimberly Ward. She's a leader at her church. She's an entrepreneur. And most of all, she's just a great friend that we I've known for, I guess, almost a decade now. She helped me launch my book, The Brand New You. And we talk about everything from both growing up Baptist and church, growing up in church as kids. What do we like about it? What maybe uh, didn't we like about it? Um, how do we get people back to church who used to be in church who had a bad experience? We talk about dating. In fact, that's going to lead to a part two episode is dating in the church and as a single person how do you relate to other people and you know there's so much to uncover in that topic just alone but we're gonna talk about that and finally we talk about kim's business that is thriving growing right now so i think you guys will like it it's a great conversation a lot of laughs um, a lot of discussion about just how do we as christians grow up what makes us who we are and how do we get people to connect to christ in the future so hope you guys enjoy it Today, I have with me my friend, my homie, and someone you guys are going to love, Miss Kimberly Ward. How are you doing today, Miss Kimberly Ward? I am doing wonderful. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. Of course. And so now you're coming in from the phone. You are our first phone interview. So, um, boy, I know, first of many. So we have a great line of topics we're going to talk about today. Now, you and I have been friends for a while. I will say this about Kim, that uh, she is someone who I consider family. She's someone who helped me um, when I we probably first started working together when we launched the brand new you book. And uh, from there, you've now become a entrepreneur, a business consultant. So we'll talk about some of that later on. Uh, but first of all, our foundation together is growing up in the church and the Baptist church. That's right. So we both grew up Baptist. We both grew up singing the songs. In fact, can you name me your top three Baptist church songs right now? Oh, goodness. Um. Well, you always say Old Ship of Zion. That's a good one. one. <laughs> uh, that wasn't one of our top ones in our church growing up. Um, I think that maybe one of the top ones was Pass Me Not Old Jim Say. That was probably one of the top hymns that we heard probably every Sunday. Um, really, these are top three. Top three. Well, I, 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 I thought you'd be better. You got to have Amazing Grace. You got, uh, and again, that's <laughs> well. It's top. It's top three when you slow it down. Then that's when it becomes Baptist. That's true. Really that's true. slow we it down. Only, we usually only sing "Amazing Grace" at homegoings. Mm. See, so that was a, that wasn't always sung during devotion or during you know we didn't have praise and worship. We had devotion. So that wasn't always done during that time. But now that you, was kind of like, yeah. But now you had the songs that the deacon would sing one part and the congregation would sing the other part, right? Oh yes, oh yes. Yes, that song which that was. That's how I learned how to sing. I, I I attribute my alto skills mm-hmm. <laughs> to 
to growing up in the Baptist church so that I learned how to, you know, harmonize that way. You know, it was, yeah, it was great teaching. <laughs> and now being church kids, what else did you learn that, that you would say kids growing up in church may not be getting today? You know what? I feel like, and me and one of my friends discuss this often, who also was a church kid, so speak of, um, you know, I think that what I see now, as opposed to maybe what we had, and this could just be me and my old age thinking, the young age of 34, um, of just kind of seeing, like, the different, knowing how to participate in church. Like, growing up, there was no, you know, we didn't have iPads and, you know, and all this other kind of stuff, like, to, to distract us during service. Like, we sat there in service. Like, you sit right, right next to you, your parent. Like, there is no, like, you know, oh, maybe we had children's church maybe once a month, I think. And so that was one time during the service that we would go and be in a different part of maybe we were doing a sunshine band or something like that but for the most part we were in church and and, i mean the the biggest distraction maybe we had was like you know writing on the program or something like that (laughs) but i remember that um, very well writing the programs i yeah yeah so i would say you know thankfully i do think that um you know during um, children's church and my current church that I'm at, I do think that they are getting a good teaching. I think that some of it, honestly, some of it has to do with, like, when you leave from those church walls, like, what are you doing with your child at home, too? So, um, you know, they, we didn't just learn about the Bible just on Sundays during children's church. So that was a part of our lifestyle throughout the week, you know, that, that was part of Deacon Ward and Deaconess Ward. Um, that was part of, that was what we did. So I don't know, I don't know if there's really anything that I don't feel like they're getting, but I just think that there's some traditions that we kind of grew up with that we're kind of seeing like, man, we couldn't do that stuff. We kids, like, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't even an option for us. We had to sit there and be a part of the service and sit there and, you know, learning the songs and listening to what the preacher was saying. We might not understand everything he was saying, but we knew when it was about to wrap up, we knew what that was like. But, <laughs> yes, so, because they were going a whole hooping thing. But now before we get there oh, yeah. to hooping, <laughs> the top three oh, things yeah. you couldn't do in church as a kid, growing up Baptist, you could not. Now tell me if yours is different. You could not chew gum in service. That was number one. No, sir. No gum chewing. Okay. Number two, you was not getting up and going anywhere unless it was an emergency. And even an emergency, you still might not be able to get up. Come on now. Come you would on. see the sisters put their finger up in the air and walk out real slow with the Come finger on. up. That's something else you couldn't do. And then I would say number three is that you had to be somewhat paying attention, right? I mean, as a kid. He did. You could draw on your paper, but you couldn't fall asleep or lay back or lean on. No, you would get slapped. I, I remember very well getting slapped a few times. And I, th- I can see you getting slapped today. I, I got slapped that. quite a few times. But, you know, I do think, however, though, on a more serious note, that I think what it did teach me that I think maybe we've gotten laxed on. And I think we're going to talk about religion versus you know, respect is I think it taught me a respect of God. 
of this is a sanctuary. I don't think gum is going to kill anybody. I chew gum in church right now. I don't think I disrespect God by doing that, but I think it was setting up a culture of respect and the sanctity of the sanctuary. It is. I absolutely 100% agree with that. I think that that's at the core of a lot of things that, thankfully, you know, we did get as children. Some of the traditions that we look at now, we can look back saying, like, okay, why do we have to do that? Right. But then there's some I'm grateful for because I'm like, okay, no, that, like you said, it, it brought about a culture of, of, uh, of a reverence for God and knowing, like, what this meant. Going to church wasn't just like, oh, we were going to go hang out. Like, no, we knew the seriousness of it, even as children. Like, we knew the seriousness of, the seriousness of, of what we were doing, why we were worshiping God, why we were going to church. We, we knew that it wasn't just just going to hang out with our friends and then go home. So, right. I agree. And those lessons stick with me still until today because the church that my family goes to now here in Tampa, you know, I'll take a sip of water during service and I feel guilty. I'm not trying to sneak the sip in because I grew up. You couldn't have any fluids in church, water, coffee. And I'm not saying that's the right way, but I do think that it did create, as we're talking about, a sense of reverence for the service. But on the other side, let's talk about maybe some things that it did produce, which is that religious spirit, if you will, or doing things for show, not necessarily out of relationship, but out of tradition. And so let's let's get to a hot topic. I want to get your thoughts on clothing. When I grew up in church, he was wearing, especially as a kid, I had my fresh three piece. Now, my parents did go all out on that. We used to go up to Chicago, Jewtown, get the three piece for the discount. That's right. But you know, you, you will wear slacks and you will wear a button up shirt or a polo shirt usually, you know, to church. And yeah. if you were on the pulpit, you were really not, you would wear a certain thing. Skirt had to be a certain length. What was it like for you? For me, that's definitely what I saw from the, from the, from the men and from the young men in church. And then from the girl side, um, growing up in the Baptist church that I went to, there was no such thing as wearing pants. Mm. In that church period, I mean, I I can recall specifically, (laughs) and if my mother's listening to this, I want her to know how I felt about We love you, (laughs) Mama Ward. Hope you're listening. (laughs) I recall specifically, I believe, like, um, the Black Women Expo or something was going on in Chicago. My mom wanted uh, me and her to go. So I'm like, okay, let's go. We're going to go. And I don't know what age I was, but... Still young enough, I wasn't driving yet, but I remember bringing my um, my clothes that I was going to wear to the expo to the church. And so my mom was like, okay, well, you're going to change at the church, or we're going to go straight there. I remember going and changing, and I think someone asked me to do something or come back towards, like, because our church was big. It was a school and a church together, so it was a big building. And I remember walking down the hallway, and my mom saw me. This is on Sunday morning. Oh, my goodness. I got yelled at in the car. We did not go to the expo. And that's because what? Okay, we keep it. And that's because what you had on pants? Mm-hmm. Yes. She got on me for having on them pants coming through that hallway at the church. And I just was so, I was so upset. I was like, I really wanted to go to the expo. <laughs> but that was just like, I mean, but it was based off of just like, I never understood why. We had to wear skirts, or why? Why we had to wear dresses? Um, but yeah, there was no such thing as 
you wearing pants. Unless you were coming up there like on a Saturday. But on a Sunday, you know, for Saturday for sure choir practice or something like that, we could wear casual clothing and stuff. But when it came to Sunday, no, you need to have on your skirt or dress and that's just it. So I didn't know that that was such a thing. And you know what? So I started kind of you know, I, I'm thinking there's, you know, the Bible scriptures about, you know, uh, as far as modesty, right, and not being a stumbling block. But I do think, and this is just my opinion, that some of it could be based on some ingrained sexist views we have, right? That women don't need to be showing all that, and so you need to put on a long skirt so you don't trip me up, you know, when really these men okay. need to get delivered from lust. <laughs> so, um, but... At the same time, we see in churches nowadays, especially more contemporary churches, that you have, you know, different people on a platform that may be dressed in tighter clothes or short skirts or whatever. And yeah. I, th I think I think there is a balance, right, because especially in the front where everyone, the church, the church is a place for people to be healed. And not everybody is uh, at a place where they can not be, you know, distracted. Let's just call it. What do you think about that? Am I right. uh, again, I'm thinking from the male perspective. I'm sure women too. There's some guys up there with their muscle shirts on. I won't name anybody, but uh, you know, it might be. I mean, have you heard any of your friends? I won't ask you, but have you heard any of your friends say that somebody, uh, some man at some church, was a distraction based on the way he was dressed because it was too provocative? You know what? To be honest with you, no, I have not heard that. I really do think that it's really from from men to women. Like there's a, you know, we're expected to dress a certain way. Like you said, um, when really it's they need to work on some deliverance in that area. Like it doesn't mean I I, I do agree. Like you, you shouldn't be wearing stuff that's you know extremely short. But that goes back to just referencing where you're at. Like you know this is not it's not the club. So don't you know <laughs> come in there dressed in half tights or anything. But you know I've not heard that. I've not heard some girl saying like, oh my goodness, you see what. You know, brother so and so in that brown sweater he had on. <laughs> no, I don't hear that. Like, you know, it's usually someone, you know, is dealing with, you know, what a woman has on or what type of dress she got on. Even if she's not wearing pants, okay, now you have on a dress, well, it's got to be a long dress. Right. It can't be short. It's tight. It has to be loose. So, what, what? You want to have on a potato sack or something? I don't know. Exactly. And that's why it's hard to put a figure on that. And then that, I think that really leads me to my next topic, which is, is about relationship with God. And so men yeah. developing relationships with God. And then of course, women and all of us just striving to be led by the Holy spirit. And I think with all these yeah. rules and regulations that we kind of went by, but some of them good, some of them bad. I think what we created was a jaded generation of former church kids. I have so many yeah. friends that I grew up with that I went to church with. And we went every Sunday. They grew up, and when they got older and got out of church, or, or or when they got older and were able to make a decision, they chose to leave the church. Right. I'm sure you have the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why and do you I think, think that, that is? Goes, you know what? I think it kind of still goes back to something I said regarding um, what you're doing outside of church, mm. meaning. Is that a lifestyle that you're practicing in the home? So some of us, even if we did grow up in a church, maybe that wasn't what you were seeing Monday through Friday, and then Sunday your parents are dragging you to church. You're, so you, you're not really getting that relationship. So you're getting that religion portion, oh, we went to church today. We checked that off the list. So there's never been a further explanation of, 
okay, this is why, you know, we believe what we believe. You know, this is why, you know, why we're going to church. This is, you know, um, there's never, there's not really a connection of, of, of them making that real relationship with God as opposed to just, okay, we went to a building and now we're back home. Wow. So I think that's how sometimes, I don't think that's the case for everyone, but I do think that sometimes that's the case. You know, I've seen that a lot. I've seen that a lot with, with, with men. A lot of my, like, guy friends, I've seen that with. Um, I don't know if that's, that's a thing, but, you know, I've definitely experienced the same thing. I've definitely seen people that I've grown up in church with that now they want nothing to do with it. And I think some of it comes from traditions that never get explained, <laughs> things that never really, like, you know, are explained to them. So they'll be like, okay, what am I going to do this for? What am I doing this, right. this for? So. And you know what? To your point, I remember even myself growing up in church my whole life that I remember seeing things that were hypocritical in yeah. church. And I remember thinking to myself, why would I want to be a part of that when I could just go do those things and be honest? I always value right. transparency and honesty. And I think I put too much stock in people again because it wasn't based on my relationship with Christ. It was based on on the religion and the, and the religiosity of going to church. So I think you hit the nail on the head because I, I remember feeling that way myself where I was like, you know, I, I thought I should go to church because that's what you should do. I knew there was a God and I should, you know, find some way to connect to him. But it wasn't a relationship. And you're right. If we're at right. home, if and, and I think that's something that my parents did well, that, you know, is that they showed me a relationship at home with Christ. So they yeah. read their Bibles during the week. They prayed during the week. We prayed before our meals. We did certain things. And I think that was always in the back of my head. But I do remember feeling that way where I would come out of church and I see the deacon smoking a cigarette and flirting. And you know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want that. But I think as I got older, what I learned was, you know, everybody has to have their own relationship. God has nothing to do with, you know, my expectations of these people and why they're not doing what I think they should do. But God just wants to have a relationship yeah. with me. I don't know. That's that's kind of what I got from it. What kept you from being jaded? I'm, you know what? Um, oh, Deacon Smokey. Okay, listen. Mm -hmm. What kept me from being jaded? Um, you know, I think that it really came for me um, realizing, like, who I am in Christ, like, at, and, you know, we say this kind of in a cliche way, like, at a young age, meaning, like, it was really for me during high school, but it was really solidified for me during college of just, like, this is the walk that I want to take. This is the, I want to be on this faith walk. Like, I want to, you know, these are the things that are going, that I'm going to adhere to of my own personal decision and personal choosing. You know, this is the relationship I want to have with God. And, you know, it just kind of came more just kind of, like, through life situations, you know, through, um, you know, just realizing who God was for myself. And that's something that I do remember my mom saying to me all the time, like, even as a child, of just, like, there's going to come a time, Kim, that you're going to, you know, um, you're going to know God for yourself. You know, it's not going to be just about what we're telling you. Like, you know, it has to be your own faith walk, you know. So things that have happened just in my own personal life, I had to make that decision. I think that when I came to college, thankfully I had people around me that, that had that same lifestyle, 
So it became less about just, okay, I'm going to check off going to church on Sunday. No, right. this is what I'm going to stick to as my lifestyle, who I identify as, as Kim here at ISU campus here in 2002, you know, when I first came to college. So right. I think that for me, the, the, just keeping away from being jaded just came from just a personal decision, but it came from that upbringing of knowing, like you said, the, the, we have very similar, you know, backgrounds as far as like, you know, in the home, that was the, that was it. Like, you know, you were not, it wasn't just, we're just praying on Sundays. That was a daily thing in the ward household or, you know, before meals and, you know, reading our Bible, playing the Bible board game. Who even knew that was a thing? Okay. Y'all was was deep. We never played the Bible board game. (laughs) You guys were deep at the ward house. (laughs) Yeah, we were all deep. We were all deep. (laughs) Hold up. Let me stop you here. Let me take a quick detour. What was the point of the Bible purpose game? Please, I mean, what was the purpose of, of, of the Bible game? You know, uh, it was like a Bible trivia game. Ah, we okay. still had this game. Did you not? It was, a, it was, a, my brother still pulls this out every so often and he'll try to quiz me. I'll be like, yeah, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, but it was Bible trivia and mm. Like, there was, like, a little board game, like, you would take these little pieces around the board. I don't know where my daddy got that from, Beacon Ward. You know, I don't know where he got that game from, but we played that at the house. But we also, here's the thing, though. We weren't deep, but we were balanced. Like, we, that wasn't, like, that was the only board game <laughs> of our house. You know, we were able to play Uno and learn how to put all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't like we was just, that's all we did. Did you, you know, so quick question about the... Know, Quick question about the Bible board game. Did you win money? And if so, did you have to pay tithes on that money when you won it? I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I cannot. I don't even think that was like a money one. I think it was just trying to get into the end of the race or something. But yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, it's a real thing. I wonder if they still make that game somewhere. You probably have to only order it. Well, when we post this podcast, please put in the comments if you can find it on Amazon or somewhere. Put it in the comments yeah. so we can find it. Everybody can, will. yes, can enjoy the same fun that the Ward family had growing up. So let me ask you this last question on this topic. Then, if you could say one thing or one piece of encouragement to this, what I'm calling the jaded generation, people like us that grew up in church and now they want nothing to do with it because maybe they were not explaining things. They never got their relationship connection. They saw a lot of, I guess, hypocrisy. What would you say to them to get them or to, I guess, help them reconnect to Christ? Um, One thing that I would say to be honest with you, and maybe this is just because this is how, this is what helped me, you know, not only, you know, seeking out a Bible-believing church, but, like, you know, that's easier said than done. But somebody that's jaded, they're not interested. They're like, nope, not, I don't want anything to do with it. Maybe it's going to come in a non-traditional way for them. You know, it might be that, you know, someone shares a video with them that's like, you know, of a certain pastor preaching, or something. it might be some type of topic that may come up that may, that may pique their interest. Um, but I guess what I would say, like something that helps me is having the right people around me too. Like having those people that match up with that same lifestyle. And sometimes that can guide you into, you know, good relationships with people that are in the same faith as you. Um, 
that can kind of help guide you back to that relationship. You know, um, maybe that can be some of the seed that's planted and, you know, somebody else that comes along that waters it. So, you, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily just say, oh, just go to church. Right. You know, that's not, <laughs> that is cultural. So, you know, I think that it might just really be about, maybe it's finding a small group. Maybe it's about finding some people to volunteer with, you know, that maybe there's a group that gets together that, Maybe volunteering is their passion, and they just so happen to get with a Christian group that's doing that already that you can connect with. That might be a more feasible way for you to kind of, you know, get back acclimated into, you know, building that relationship with God back. So that's my my suggestion would be something really, you know, attainable, just something that you can actually just kind of connect to, um, because that's what would help me. I don't know. And so what really helped me get out of that jaded mindset was, I think, like you said, going back and meeting other people who were like minded. I became friends with a group of guys that were young like me that wanted to have a relationship with Christ, not just be religious. They weren't perfect. They made mistakes. They messed up. And we shared all that together. And I think that was the biggest part of me kind of understanding how to get past past hurts in the church and past old mindsets and religious mindsets and get into a relationship where I saw other guys like me doing that. And also I wanted it for myself. I think growing up in church, having that exposure made me have a hunger for something real. And I think there's a lot of people out there right now that might even get this podcast that they don't go to church, but a friend will show this podcast and it's going to help them, uh, I guess maybe just reconnect and try a small group, like you said, or volunteer some way, or just, Hang out with some other Christian people. So those are my thoughts. Yep. So on that same topic of in the church, here's another topic. We talked about dress. Let's talk about dating. I know one of your passions to talk about dating in the church. You are not only an entrepreneur and a business consultant to many, but you're also a church leader. But also, I will say this, uh, this compliment of you that of Many of the people that I know, you've done a good job of uh, being single and Christian, in particular being a woman. And I'll explain what that means. Uh, but I think you've done a good job of that. And I think you have a healthy handle on it, on um, being single, single Christian woman in the church. Um, and so let me give some background. So I remember growing up in church. Uh, dating was, was, you know, people were dating around the church. I remember as a teenager. And uh, I, I remember there was really no supervision or there was no direction as far as what is dating for? What does that look like in the church? What age should you start dating? What's the purpose of dating? So I remember growing up with somewhat of an unhealthy understanding of dating. And I think I have a decent one now, but I want you to tell me. And, and in fact, let me let me take a step back, actually, before I ask you this question. So. When I was uh, older as an adult and, and when I got what we like to call safe for real, which is I grew up in church, but I got a real relationship with Christ being single in the church. Uh-huh. And as a man, that was something interesting. I remember being single out, you know, with my friends or whatnot. And you would go and date and talk to girls and do whatever. But I remember not wanting to mess it up at church as a single guy. But as we know, and as we see in church, the ratio of women to men is way unbalanced. And so from my experience, probably for every single guy, there was five to 10 women that were single. 
And that creates yeah. an interesting dynamic. So tell me, what are your thoughts about it all? Oh, okay. Well, especially dating in the church. Growing up, for me, um, like you, I was very similar. I, I definitely, that wasn't even a topic that I recall even hitting. Like, I don't even remember any type of, like, protocols or rules of how to do it and what to do. And, you know, it was just basically, you know, um, don't fornicate. Exactly. That was it. Like that that was all we were taught was that's what you're not supposed to do. Okay, so tell us what are we supposed to do? Exactly. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I agree. That that brought about I think a very loose um way of, of doing things because there were no real rules. There were no real boundaries if you saying simply saying don't fornicate, okay, that's leaving the door open for a whole lot of other stuff. Yes, that, it does. That even out, like, you know, emotional ties to people because you're not really explaining, like, purpose and, you know, why we're dating and what this is supposed to lead to, not loosely dating or just, you know, and I don't mean that, you know, loose you know. Well, you know what, Kim? Let's let's dig into that because, you know, I'm a teacher at heart, and so I love to break things down in these podcasts. I like to have conversations, but... You talked about emotional ties. I've heard them called soul ties. So let's dig into that. So we, we might have a teenager right now listening to this who's never been taught about emotional ties from dating or getting involved physically with someone. Tell me about that, Kim. Ooh, not, okay. not, not saying that you have any of these things. From <laughs> what I'm saying is. No, I'm just telling you the whole thing. Right. No, that's, that is good. You know, I think that. And I guess the thing for me, you know, I kind of learned these things in my adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't something that, like, I wish that I could have been the teenager listening to this podcast or uh, somebody talking about this topic. I because agree. thinking back over a lot of the things that, you know, situations that I put myself in, you know, no one forced me, but situations I put myself in, that, that definitely, there were things that I paid for, you know, in my adulthood for things from when I was 14, 15. So, you know, trying to date before I was even ready to do so. Or just thinking, like, just dating is just because you're cute. Just because, you know, just because of this. Not really taking into consideration, like, the effects of attaching someone to you. You know, um, just kind of even just emotionally. Not even saying that you guys are... You know that there's some that there's sexual things going on, but you know just even like the emotional ties right. to connecting your heart to someone else that you don't even really know what their real intentions are. You know, and just kind of looking back, I'm like, God, thank you that you you know showed showed me what that was so that I could attack that. You know, come against what whatever that was hindering me in that area, um, as opposed to continuing to walk in a fear because you know. Uh, Tyrone hurt me back in sophomore year. Right, exactly. And you know what? And you know what? You make a good point. No, no. Uh oh. Tyrone, if you're listening, (laughs) why'd you hurt Kim's heart? Why'd you do it, Tyrone? (laughs) I'm sure a lot of sisters right now listening to this had a Tyrone in their life who hurt they, (laughs) who hurt them, and a lot of guys had some had some women that hurt them, and so. I think you make a good point that is not always, you know, when we hear soul ties in the church, we talk about when people that are unmarried, you know, get together physically, have sex, 
you start to, um, you know, the Bible talks about that when you're married, you know, that the two should become one. A part of that is that intimate connection, not only through talking and communication and sharing life, but that sexual connection. And you start to uh, connect, if you will, you know, and becoming one. Well, imagine doing that outside the confines of marriage and imagine doing that with someone who has, um, you know, a lot of things going on in their life and a lot of uh, things you might not want to connect to. Right. And so we see that a lot physical, but you made a good point about the emotional connection. Right. It might be as simple as somebody hurt your feelings because they weren't ready yet and the guy wasn't ready and you weren't ready and you're carrying around this hurt with you for the rest of your adult dating life. That's real. Yep. That's so, very real. That's stuff that there definitely I have. Yeah, that's real. That's all I can say. <laughs> I always <laughs> trouble. But that's real. There are people that are still dealing with things today, us in our mid thirties, mid thirties, late thirties and so that we're still dealing with things that happen, you know, from college days or even, you know, from high school days, like things that we haven't really taken the time to unpack. Mm. So to speak, that, you know, are still, you know, tripping us up, so to speak, when in, in current relationships or in certain current friendships, you know, like things of, of the past. That's why you don't trust, you know, even even in, in, in same-sex friendships, you know, like yeah, that's why you don't trust, you know, uh, girls to a certain extent because back in, you know, college, this one girl... You know, was trying to talk to your boyfriend. So now you don't trust right. the girls that are around. Like, it's, it's even something as simple as that. And that comes with just, like, being able to really, really dig deep and kind of unpack those things so, so that God helps you heal from them as opposed to you continuing just to kind of strive and not, you know, not really dealing with it, you know. That's good. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, because you make a good point, it's not just, uh, male to female relationship it could be some girl was talking to your boyfriend or some guy was talking to your girlfriend and now you don't trust other people mm-hmm. in the church now yeah um yeah let me touch on one other part and i hope i don't get in trouble with this but uh yeah. I, I i remember seeing this thing and when i was single and um you couldn't have a friendship with a woman oh, as a guy or vice versa Without it being construed as you were trying to talk to them, you open up a door and they think now you want to, you know, get married. And what do you think that? And of course, those are extreme examples. That's not always like that. I think you're a person who you have healthy relationships. You and I were friends when we were both single and um, you have lots of other friends that are guys. I think you do a good job of keeping those things Mm -hmm. healthy. Instead of asking why, let me ask you, what do you think your tips are in keeping those healthy male female relationships? Um, in a nutshell, stop tripping, okay? Mm. <laughs> but, like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna go deep, um, to be honest with you, I have always had close male friends, which, but I've also had close female. I've never been that girl to be like, oh, I don't get along with girls. I don't, no, that's never been the case. But as far as, like, getting along with, you know, the opposite sex, it's never been an issue to me. Like, I mean, it's not, I'm very comfortable talking to guys and not, assuming that they're trying to talk to me or assuming that they like me. Oh, he held the door open for me. He's got to be about to ask for my phone number. That's got to <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, it's just not, it, we don't have to take things to such an extreme. And to be honest, it's, 
especially in the church. And I don't think that you will get in trouble for what you said, because I do, I have seen, I've seen countless things. I've seen a lot of things that we all have, but I, I think especially in the church, it is very easy for people to just assume that just based off of like, I really do think that especially like, you know, if you've been in a church for a while, we do kind of become like a family. Yes. You know, and family, you know, sometimes family makes mistakes too. So, you know, we have to kind of, you know, there's grace there. But um, I think that it's just an automatic like, oh, you two were hanging out. You two went to dinner. You know, oh, y'all went to the movies. Oh, y'all, you guys have to be dating. You guys would be perfect for each other. How, how do you know that? Right, right. <laughs> how do you know? And again, I think it comes from a good place, though. I think it comes from a good place. I think people want to see people in love and happy and whatnot. And now let me give some fair balance here. I talked about being a guy and relating to the women and, you know, and the women maybe having some uh, bad, I guess, bad experiences. But I think from a guy's perspective, I think what we can do better as men is be upfront with our intentions. I think many men including myself. I won't take myself out of it. I think we can enjoy that intention we get. Imagine any man in any atmosphere where you're single and young and the ratio is one to 10. You could, you could start enjoying that intention, that, that attention that you're getting. And so I think one thing I've learned from some men in my life that I could have done better. And I think I would tell everyone to do better is be very intentional with your, desires in that in that friendship and just you know and it may sound fun it may sound funny but letting them know hey you're a great friend you know i'm glad that we can be just good friends like this i mean i don't know whatever it is or if you see things start to shift um or you see even one person starting to shift a certain way i think we can both and not it's not just on the men to 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 make that announcement even if the women see the guy starting to shift because it is i mean that is something that can happen in a male and female relationship Mm -hmm. as people start to catch feelings a certain way but i think as long as you're open and honest on both sides, I think you can have a healthy relationship, um, you know, across the board. And also, to your point about having dinner, I think it's cool to have dinner with someone else. But I think also, if you know that you're going to be caught up in films with somebody, maybe you shouldn't do dinner one on one. Maybe do some gr- group dinners and whatnot and yeah. do group settings because yeah. it can be easy when you're one on one time with someone to start catching feelings. And if you haven't had that talk. You know, you could be setting yourself up for trouble, for sure. Well, can I piggyback off of something that you said? As you're saying that the men need to, um, you know, set their intentions and be vocal about that, you know, be upfront about their intentions, I agree. And I think that even on the woman's side, like, ladies, we have to accept what that is and mm. not think that we can change that. That's good. So a lot of times there could be, you know, someone to be like, hey, you know what? I think you're great. You're a friend. This is cool. You know, so don't don't take that and try to run with like, oh, I'm going to change his mind. Like, you know, we'll be dating. And no, <laughs> no, take it for what it is. And, you know, and if that's not something that you, if that's not something that you desire, you don't want to be just his friend. And that might not be a good, you might want to pull back a little bit because, you know, that's when, People get blamed for, well, he, you know, he was dishonest. No, he told you up front that that's what it was. You know, now, yeah, that that can go into a whole other topic. Right. Another day. You know what? We're going to have a feature so, podcast about that, about 
tips for dating in the church and about how to make intentions clear and all that, because I mean, I, I think it's needed. And I think in some church communities, it is being talked about and handled well and other ones it's not. So I think this podcast, this podcast is a great place to have those discussions. And if you guys have questions, please send them in. Let me take a pause for a moment and just say, if you have questions or things you want us to discuss, you can send those in uh, on the uh, Share Hope Global Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Share Hope Global. We have a Instagram page. You can write in the comments. Again, Share Hope Global. Uh, Twitter questions you may have. That's SHG Outreach at Twitter. So um, if you have questions, comments, or, or even email us on our, on our webpage, which is www.sharehopeglobal.org. And so if you have questions you want us to discuss on this podcast, feel free to share them because we want to make sure we're a resource to the people that need information and want help. So um, yeah. I, th- I think it's good that we're talking about this because uh, we're, we've both been in different aspects of it. Um, I can share from my perspective of uh, me and Denise our process. Now we dated long distance. When we first met, we decided to, and you know, we were friends and we became, we were friends for a while, but there was definitely some interest there I can tell. And so I remember telling her like, Hey, you know, you know, I want to make sure that we're friends and get to know each other. I, I was, I think I learned over time to be intentional and say what I wanted. I didn't want to tell her I wasn't interested in her, but I said, I want us to be friends. And, um, you know, I think she did a good job in, uh, I think working us working in sync together where we were, and I'm sure we both had feelings higher or lower than one another, but she, but we always would check in and we would always communicate where we were at. And then from there, it built into a healthy relationship that was based on friendship. And here we are now. Well, can I ask a question? Please do. Okay. So if you guys were checking in with each other, like how were those conversations? Like, was there ever like a, you know, was there ever, like, was that uncomfortable to have? Like, hey, just checking in. Like, you're not getting any feeling, right? Right, right. Well, you know what? We had, I could tell there was chemistry from the beginning. And so what I was, I think I kind of took the lead and she let me lead. And so knowing that there was feelings, what I would do is say, look, you know, I know, you know, we're hanging out a lot. Um, You know, let's talk about where we are. You know, she had just come out of a relationship, uh, you know, a while back before that. And so I was just like, where are you at right now? You know, so we would just have talks about that. Like, where are you at right now? Relationships. Here's where I'm at. You know, I wasn't looking to date anybody soon. You know, I'm in, I'm enjoying hanging out with you as friends. I would like to get, you know, you know, know you more as a friend. However, you know. Let, let's just start there, you know, and so from there, it kept building and saying, you know, and so she was like. She got to a certain point where she was like, look, I'm ready to date whenever you say, you know, but I don't want to go faster than I know. Look, we should have her on the podcast. She's like, no, I didn't. You said it first. But I, know. But I think she said I'm, I'm pretty sure she said it first because she was like, look, I know what I want. But if you're not there yet, that's OK. We can be friends. And so I got to a point where I had peace and she didn't push it at all. She didn't get fussy. Mm. She didn't get mad. Now, granted, we were long distance for a part of that. So we weren't going right. to movies together and making it more difficult. We were having a lot of phone conversations and we just had time yeah. to dialogue and get to know each other. But I just wanted to try to do it the best way I could and do it right. I don't, I don't know if there is a right way per se, 
But I think um, just wanted to build a friendship with her first and get to know her and be intentional that I want to be your friend. But, um, you know, there might be something in the future and let's work towards that. But let's, you know, not jump into anything too fast. And she was OK with that. I don't know if that answers your question. That's or not. No, that, that absolutely answered my question. And it triggered more questions. But I'm going to save that for the time that you guys come <laughs> together. I think you should. Yes, we will have. In fact, what we can do maybe is have one in the future. We're going to have a part two to the dating church because I think that's good. And I say me and Denise did everything perfectly, but I think we have both went through enough things in life that we were both trying to be intentional with doing it the best we could and honoring God yeah. with our relationship. And um, so yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome. I no, think no, that's please. Awesome. Being intentional is, is, is key. To, to anything. <laughs> right. And also, I think in fairness to everyone else, we were at a point in our lives where, um, you know, we were almost 30. We had been through life. We had been through relationships. We had done it wrong. <laughs> we had done it some parts right. And so we were got to a good place with enough experience to where we said, OK, let's try to do this thing right and let's communicate. And I think uh, us dating long distance was a blessing because it took a lot of the physical things out of it where we just got to know each other. It took a lot of right. those things out. So I don't know. That's my piece. Now, let me let me ask you this question. My last question on, on dating. Here is my philosophy for my daughter, my daughters and my son to come. But right now I have a nine year old daughter. So she's the only one that matters. And she's going in the fifth grade. And trust me, it's coming up already. Mother daughters, too. So we don't have to have that conversation yet. But sadly, we've had to have a conversation <laughs> with her in fourth grade and going into fifth grade. So I got this dating philosophy from my friend Rashad Taylor. So if they get mad at me, they can blame Uncle Rashad. But uh -oh. he raised his question. This is back when we were both. Uh, I don't know if we were just got married or we were single, whenever it was. But he said, what's the point of dating unless you plan on marrying, the, uh, you know, getting to know the person for potential marriage? And so it made me think about that and not saying this is the right way. This is not the biblical way. This is the way we discussed. And it made me think, I was like, what's the point of me? And that's where I got to as I got older. What's the point of me dating this person unless I see a potential chance in us getting married as a Christian, right? Because if I just want to mm -hmm. hang out with you and get to know you, we can do that as friends. If I see interest, yeah. then let's do that with purpose and intention. Then I'm getting to know you towards marriage. And dating doesn't mean we're going to get married. I'm getting to know you. In fact, yeah. it's almost an interview process, if you will. And we will have Denise on next time. We'll have a dating conversation because I interviewed her. She'll tell you I had her pray. You know, I didn't, I didn't say, hey, pray for me like that. But I mean, I, I intentionally had her pray. I wanted to hear how she prayed. I wanted to know uh, past relationships. I wanted to know her credit score. I mean, everything. And that sounds crazy. And she wanted to know my stuff, too, because this was for right. me a lifelong commitment. And it wasn't so black and white in business like, like that. It was conversations. It was fun conversations. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. What are your views on this? What are your views on politics? And so anyways, getting back to Ivana, our, our, our nine-year-old daughter, you know, she has friends who have, you know, boyfriends and whatnot, fourth grade. And, you know, I think when I was in fifth grade, I had a girlfriend. We never talked. We talked on the phone one time. So, you know, they're, they're, they're still playing right now, but it sets up something for the future. And I told her, I said, what's the point of dating right now? Unless you plan on getting married to this person. If you want to hang out with them, go for it. I mean, hang out with you and your friends. Mm -hmm. If you want a friend, I'll mm -hmm. be your friend. Or you got, you know, guy friends. But why have a boyfriend? And so we discussed it. And she agreed on her own, actually. I just, we kind of had a dialogue. 
Now she's nine. Now when she's 16, we're going to have a conversation again. Are you going to marry this person? Do you think you could marry this person? Are you ready to get married? If so, why you want to date them? I'm all for hanging out in groups, have some guy friends. But tell me why you want to date this person unless you're ready to get married. What are your thoughts about that? That's, that's good. I mean, that's something that I didn't have that, you know, at nine. I didn't I didn't get that concept at, at nine. You know, I was still just hearing those forty K so, you know <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I think that's an awesome view to keep. Um, I mean, I'm still learning that even at thirty four. So, you know what I mean? Like I'm just kind of like instilling that in her now. You know, you're going to see the fruit of that because, you know, that she is getting to that age of making decisions, you know, because she'll see some of her other friends. Oh, this yes. is my boyfriend. Or this is my, no. It's no, happening no. right now. Right now. They have boyfriends and girlfriends. I, I, and their parents take I, them to I movies. Know. It's crazy. Like their parents will oh. drop them off at the movie in fourth grade. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to judge the parents that do that. I apologize. I, I personally think it's crazy, but that's y'all thing. So I'm sorry. But. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that you know that the hanging in the groups is definitely a um, that's a, that's a good point to make. You know, that's a healthy thing to do. And like you said, having guy friends, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, you know you you want to instill in her, you know, the boundaries even in that. Right. But just as much as we just talked about, you know, the fact that I have a lot of guy friends. That works. Y'all don't work. There's different. There's different. You know. I have I have single male friends. I have married male friends. I have to you know address you guys differently, you know, and making sure that those boundaries are still there. Right. So even even in our friendship, like that, you know, I'm not just communicating with you. I'm communicating with your wife too. That's a good you know, point. Making sure that you know there's not something. There's never any kind of like leeway of saying like well kim say like wait what what you say <laughs> you know what <laughs> so, you know what i still do that as a married man even with other married couples i'll usually reach out to the guy just i don't know for integrity purposes you know right. just for okay. i don't want nothing said i don't want to ever be you know what whatever it is not even just said but just sure. done and i think that you make sure. a good point even as in, i'm sorry even working in the and volunteering in ministry and having people on certain schedules, I, some of the wives, they'll tell you, I, if there's a husband that's on the team, I'm going to reach out, can your husband uh, right. on this day? Like, if it's something that comes up last minute and if it's late at night, like, no, I'm not going to be texting you, I'm going to ask your wife. Like, that's how sometimes you have to, to make sure that you, you know, and it doesn't mean going to extremes, but just make sure that you know, that you, that you just stay about the right. That's all I can say. And I that like takes it. effort. You know? It does. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to put a bow on it. Now, now let me talk about this last thing with you before we wrap it up. Kim's Confections. Yeah. yeah. I know. So we have Miss Kim of Kim's Confections. She is a uh, business owner. The business is growing right now. Started off as a hobby, right? And now it's yeah. um, blowing up. You've been helping other people kind of reach out in their passions. You have a strong social media following. So tell us more about your social media thing and what you're doing. What is Kim Confections? Let's get the plug in. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for the for the question there. Um, so Miss Kim Confections is something that was um, it was brought about like 
probably in 2009, and it definitely just started as a hobby. I wanted some chocolate covered strawberries. I think I was going to give them as a gift to someone. And I went to a local, you know, they have a franchise, but I'm not going to name the franchise. <laughs> but uh, I went to a place here in town. Strawberries, and I was looking at the prices, and I was like, wait a minute, wait. <laughs> how much? They're expensive. So, and I was looking at I was looking at how much they charge and just kind of like, I was like, I think I could do this. Well, for, like, the, for the chocolate covered strawberries, like, right? What was that? Uh, and I said for the chocolate covered strawberries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for the chocolate covered strawberries. And I, um, I went home and just was like, you know, if I get some the ingredients, let me try to see if I can replicate what they do. And I just started practicing. And my first customer was Tariva Parham, Shout out to Reva. Shout out to Reva. Actually, the person that um, gave me the name, Miss Kim Confection, um, just out of just in passing. And uh, she was my first customer. She would plug me on campus. I would have people, you know, asking me to make little strawberry bouquets. And it just, it was something fun to do. And over the years, it's just been something I've just continued to kind of just keep practicing. And now I am really pushing Miss Kim Confections, like my real ultimate dream goal. I'm going to put this out there because I have not said this out loud. Oh, this is exclusive. Share Hope Global Podcast exclusive. I like it. Let's hear it. This is. This is. I really, really, truly desire to have my own shop. Mm-hmm. And I really do want to, like, my dream is to work Miss Kim's profession, like, full time. That is my dream. And, you know, I'm I'm at a mental position right now where I'm able during the summertime, um, because of my, my full-time job, you know, during the summer, I kind of have summers off a little bit. So I'm really, it's, business has been just kind of going crazy since the summer began for me. Uh, which has been a blessing. You know, I love the support that I see from people um, sharing the pictures of the strawberries, sharing them, eating them. Yes. And I've heard that they taste good, too. So that's they, that's well, I can tell they, you from cute. personal testimony that I had the chocolate cover strawberries. I had chocolate cover pretzels. I had Oreos. You know, I, I, I think I think I've been a main taste tester of the years. So now tell me, yes. where yes. can people find you at? I know you're based in central Illinois. Where can people find your information? Where can they order from you at? You're not doing international and national shipping, correct? Not yet, at least. Not yet. It's coming. It is. I'm working on it. Um, I'm working on it. I, I've been requested many a time, especially to Tampa, Florida, yes. for some reason. Come on to Tampa. Um, <laughs> so I, you can reach me on Facebook, Miss Kim's Confection with a K. Also, I have an Instagram account. Miss Kim's Confections is the handle there as well. And once again, Confections is with the K. Um, you can also reach me by a- email, which is Miss Kim's Confections at gmail.com. There you go. You have it. So, Kim, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. <laughs> I'm honored. I had a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Good. And so we're going to have to do it again. We're going to bring on Denise. Uh, I know that Denise and I, we love you and we appreciate your friendship. And uh, you also are doing some really cool things in the body of Christ and even in the business world. So we're going to have you back. 
And so until next time, family, we will talk to you. Thank you for joining us this week. We pray that you were blessed by this podcast. Be a blessing and share this with your friends or anybody in your network. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, please feel free to contact us. You can reach us on all of our social media networks. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Share Hope Global. And on Twitter, you can find us at SHG Outreach. In fact, we want to hear from you. So please comment. Let us know what you want to hear on future podcasts. You can even go to our website at www.sharehopeglobal.org. You can leave prayer requests, make a tax deductible donation. And you can also just find out what we're doing in in the community, future outreach programs. Uh, Next time Denise is speaking or I'm speaking, we'll make sure we post it on there. But we want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. We love you. We appreciate you listening today. And we'll talk to you next time.